Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a familiar word to many today, but not all are familiar with its deep uh, significance, its philosophy, that it refers really to oneness, union, or unity, meaning this process of bringing our attention and our awareness to rest in our, consciously rest in our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness. Yoga is self-realization. It's knowing our spiritual nature and then living in harmony with it. And today's topic is perfect for how to live in harmony with that spiritual nature and how to actualize it. We're going to be looking at Ayurveda, Principles and Practices for Spiritual Growth. And Ayurveda generally is understood as a path to healing and wellness. The word itself means life knowledge. But it is also a comprehensive um, approach to well-being that includes our spiritual development. So it's not just about our physical life at all. And we are joined and blessed today by Cynthia Ambaka Koppel, who will share with us some essential principles and practices of Ayurveda that can support our spiritual growth. And so we'll see what we can do to quicken our spiritual awakening. Cynthia Ambika Koppel is Dean of Mount Madonna Institute College of Ayurveda and founding director of Lotus Holistic Health Institute. She is one of the earliest American-trained practitioners of Ayurveda. Since 1982, she was trained by renowned eighth-generation Vaidya, Dr. R.P. Trivedi, uh, with over 2,000 hours in the U.S. and India and practitioner since 1982. She's a compassionate, skillful master of pulse reading, holistic assessment, Ayurvedic herbal remedies, and nutritional counseling. She's a founding board member and past president of NAMA, the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. Her website is lotusayurveda.com. Welcome, Cynthia. I'm so delighted you're back on the Yoga Hour this morning. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Before we dive into our dialogue this morning about spiritual development, let's begin with a moment of conscious spiritual connection, a moment of centering meditation. One life, one unbounded, infinite, divine life 
is the source, the support, the substance of all that is. When we meditate, we remove our attention from the particulars in our environment, from sensory stimulation, from thought activity. We simply draw our attention within, as Bhagavad Gita says, as a turtle draws in its limbs. So when you breathe in this moment now, simply feel that you're pulling your attention within, and as you do that with your breath, feel that you are diving in to your infinite self, and that you are expanding and expanding, letting go of any limiting thought of what you are. We know that we are not confined to the body, to the mind, to the emotions, to circumstances, but we are that infinite divine self, unmoving, unchanging. So with each breath, feel that you are coming into a greater awareness of your essence of your true nature. And as we become even more aware of our infinite divine nature, we can notice that peace arises. Peace is natural. It is innate. And this peace, now, invite it to Shine to pervade your mental field, your physical body. Feel peaceful. And intend to share that peace with everyone that you meet today. In today's conversation about Ayurveda, we're we're going to focus on how it supports spiritual development, but we want to begin just with some basic uh, information about Ayurveda for any new listeners we have today. So Cynthia, define Ayurveda for us and um, tell us just briefly how it relates to yoga. Well, Ayurveda comes from the Vedas as does yoga, so they have the same origin in five to 10,000 years ago in ancient India. But Ayurveda uh, translates as the science and understanding of life. So it's the same life now that existed, you know, 5,000 years ago, and the understanding is the same, so it really applies today. Uh, Ayurveda sees that life is a whole, All parts affect all other parts. So the environment, thoughts, emotions, food, genetics, the weather, the seasons are all affecting us all the time. And we're affecting each other. So that whole is what it focuses on. um, And it functions most vitally, most optimally when it's balanced and all parts are communicating with all other parts. So if one part is out of balance, whether it's one part of us or one part of the weather or one part of uh, somebody else who's out of balance, um, there's a loss of communication in the whole. And when that connection to the process of the whole is lost, uh, people or parts of the body or weather act out of character, causing disease. So... Mm -hmm. Ayurveda and yoga come from the same source. They have the same goals of dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. I'll focus just on the moksha, which is liberation, as you so beautifully spoke before we started. They have the same goal. They have um, slightly different um, approaches to it. And Ayurveda 
is working to bring balance to us, and and I'll talk later about what that means, um, Mm -hmm. so that we are um, unencumbered and can achieve enlightenment or moksha. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they have been called, of course, sister sciences, and I know as we continue our conversation, you'll you'll tell us more about how Ayurveda is a science that they they certainly share the emphasis on um, direct experience and you know individual um, assessment and. Um, and, you know, we, we have to learn it and experience it for ourselves, and no one is exactly the same. And so we take the principles that are offered in yoga and Ayurveda, and then we apply them, you know, as they um, are are helpful and supportive um, to us. And, you know, most of us um, are are aware, I think, of, you know, we, we know what we should do most of the time, you know, in order to have a balanced life, in order to support our health and our well-being. Um, but we, we may find that self-care, you know, our ability to manage self-care um, you know, is not as good as we would like it to be. And, um, you know, self-care in yoga is so fundamental um, because it's, you know, yoga is not a system of trying to make ourselves, you know, enlightened or whole. It's it's a system of revealing, you know, what is already so about us. So self-care is a critical um, piece of this so that we can be in touch with, you know, the essence of our being. And Ayurveda is just um, the most powerful way, you know, to, to do that. So what, are you, what do you see as some specific ways that Ayurveda can help us um, have better self-care and uh, support our spiritual development? Well, Ayurveda has basically... Uh, um, understands that life is supported by three processes. We call them vata, pitta, and kapha, the process of movement, the process of creating heat and energy, and the process of storing energy. Um, We call them vata, pitta, and kapha. And with, how can I put this? We need a structure to our life. And each person has a different balance of this vata, pitta, and kapha. Um, if you want, I can go into it a little bit later, what, what that means. But if you don't have a structure, a re- regular daily structure, then the power of enlightenment, cre- experiencing spirit, can blow your world apart. It's as if there's too much current for the wire, the wire being the nervous system. So Ayurveda shows how do we stay balanced so that our nervous system is can contain that energy of spirit. And how do we contain it? We open all of the channels in the body. So if we have any blockages through poor digestion, through not enough sleep, um, through some ache or pain or disease, um, it's going to be hard for us to get past that to the realm of peace or spirit. So Ayurveda basically tells us how, what are the ways that each of us can live and have a healthy lifestyle for us as individual so that inner peace can be experienced. So if mm-hmm. we understand that, if we understand that following our urges and our addictions uh, really takes us in the opposite direction of the one we're headed, um, that alone can help us to um, stick to a, a pattern, knowing mm. that we, we are ba- made of patterns. We sleep, we breathe, we, we're hungry in a pattern, not in an erratic way. The number one um, problem, I think, in our modern world from an Ayurvedic standpoint, the thing that blocks us from our spiritual inheritance is erratic patterns, not mm. following our natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Any, any addiction or craving uh, is a sign that, that we're out of balance. And Ayurveda can help us get back in balance. A simple way to know if you're balanced or not is 
do you have urges and cravings? If you do, there's undoubtedly something in the structure of your daily life that's out of balance. So I'm just saying awareness is really the first step. If you can be aware that you're not balanced, to me, that is the first motivation to do something about it. And I can explain some other helpful hints um, mm-hmm. later on. Um, you know, one of the, of course, one of the things I'm hearing as you share about what Ayurveda can offer us, and I, I so agree with that assessment that, you know, one of the greatest distractions and difficulties that, that we have is this irregularity in our lifestyle. Um, that, you know, it, it comes, I think, often from having um, wrong priorities, you know, um, you know, not seeing what is really most important to us and then, you know, pushing through the signals, you know, that we have from the body and ignoring also other, you know, higher um, priorities that we have. So you mentioned that, that Ayurveda offers a program, you know, it offers us really a structure, you know, for how we come to understand, you know, how to stay in balance, which, um, you know, two things. One, you know, opens opens us up to being more in tune to the inner self that allows us to be guided. And as you mentioned, you know, prepares us for the experiences of higher consciousness. Paramahansa Yogananda used to talk about, you know, how we we need to purify the system which is the basis of kriya yoga anyway is the purification to prepare the body and mind for this quickening of of consciousness um and he he would say that you know we're we're like a you know a 50 watt light bulb <laughs> and you know we want to we want to turn all the power on you know through it but the, but the bulb can't handle that power you know if you put too much current through a bulb um, it, it burns it out. And so with yoga and Ayurveda, we have these uh, practices for balance and purification that help us um, ready, you know, the body and mind for this um, deeper spiritual experience. But let's talk a little bit about this basic uh, thing that you touched on, Cynthia, about how we, you know, t- can tend to get out of balance this main distraction of, uh, you know, irregularity in our lifestyle program, you know, how, how do you see that happens and, and what is the Ar- Ayurvedic remedy for that? Great, great question. Um, I wanted to just back up a, a little bit and just say that I also find that stress, which we experience and you, you alluded to in not having proper priorities, <clears throat> if we're trying to do the impossible, which many type A people are, um, or not trying to do enough and feeling guilty about it, this creates stress, which blocks our spiritual development. And um, the mind is not quiet when we're stressed. But when we're in harmony with ourselves, we'll have no resistance to these spiritual transformations. So... Now I've lost your question. <laughs> That's okay. That one other, one other thing. Well, I was just asking about how um, Arveda helps us um, establish some structure in our lives and to bring balance and regularity. But I think what we'll do is we'll take our break and then we'll come back and we'll start at the top of the next segment with um, some of the practices that Arveda can offer us to bring forth this um, balance to help us overcome stress, um, as as you mentioned. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Cynthia Ambika Koppel, Director of Lotus Holistic Health Institute, lotusayurveda.com. We'll be right back with you. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. There is Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, and my guest today is Cynthia Ambika Koppel. She's director of Lotus Holistic Health Institute. Her website is Lotus Ayurveda, uh, of course, L O T U S M A Y U R V E D A dot com. And before the break, we were talking about how um, this sister science of uh, yoga, Ayurveda, this um, life knowledge can offer ways for us to keep uh, in balance, to bring some some structure um, to our lives and to promote uh, wellness, but also um, to support our spiritual development. So in this segment, we really want to look at some um, specific uh, teachings and practices from Ayurveda that support spiritual growth. Um, we talked in a little more general terms uh, in the in the beginning about, you know, awareness and having a structure, being being willing to discipline yourself um, to bring your life into sanity and balance. Um, so Cynthia, let's talk a little bit more about some specific ways that we can do that. Great. So Ayurveda sees us as individuals that are combinations of those three processes, vata, pitta, and kapha. So I'm going to um, share some practices that are good for everyone. And, but I also want to um, explain how <clears throat> what works for me might not work for you. The diet and lifestyle that actually brings me into perfect balance may not bring you into perfect balance. So I wanted to just briefly explain how that works before I go into some specific practices 
that are good for everyone and then some some ones that are good for people with certain nature. So we see our, our nature or how we operate optimally as a combination of vata, pitta, and kapha. Vata, the process that moves everything in the body, primarily in the nervous system. Pitta, the process that creates heat and energy in the body, predominantly in the small intestines and liver, gallbladder. And kapha, the process that cools and supports the body and stores energy in fat, muscle, and liquid. So if you're predominantly vata, you like to move a lot. You might be lean and kind of liking foods that are raw, raw salads and liking to exercise a lot and not liking to sit still. If that's predominant in your nature, what can most often happen in your life is you can go out of balance in vata. And instead of just being an active person, you can be someone who can't sit still and whose mind won't quiet down. Also, because vata's seat is the, is the, well, the seat is in the colon, but it's predominantly in the nervous system, you may have aches and pains, arthritis, uh, things like that. So if you're predominantly vata, you want to do things that counteract vata. So instead of constantly moving, you might consider slowing down. Instead of doing five things at once, You might consider doing one thing and completing it before you go to the next thing. One good technique for somebody who's predominantly vata or has some of these vata imbalances um, is every day, and and, um, Reverend O'Brien mentioned the idea of not prioritizing properly. Uh, That's often a vata problem. Uh, So every day, just have write down four things that you're going to accomplish four outcomes that you'd like to experience by the end of the day. Not a, an endless to-do list that creates frustration and a feeling of you know, insecurity, not, not accomplishing. Just accomplish four things. Another thing for somebody who has more vata in their nature or vata imbalance is eat hot foods, cooked foods, soupy foods, uh, salty foods, um, not raw foods and not cold um, lassies or uh, fruit drinks, not a lot of fruit, not a lot of sugar. Um, So for vata, slow down, do slow asana, do more warming asana. Um, uh, Don't do uh, something that is increasing your speed. Somebody with more pitta in their nature um, is... uh, more analytical and has a a very strong willpower generally and runs more hot. So the general guidelines for pitta, so if you have that in your nature, you're you're maybe independent, thinking for yourself, feeling like you're always right, maybe entrepreneurial by nature, um, an organizer, a leader. If you go too far in that direction, you might have inflammation, you might have anger, irritability, um, be a kind of a control freak. Rather than being in control, you have an obsession with control. So if you have more pitta in your nature, the idea would be cool down. Cool down. Um, take 10 breaths before you say anything. Um, pitta should, in terms of food, should avoid hot, spicy food because that increases pitta. So you want to avoid things that increase pitta. Um, Let go of control a bit. Feel feel more support. Delegate. Um, Question yourself when you have anger or irritability and see if possibly your perspective is a little off. And question, you know, ask, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, You know, find out what the reality is. So cooling down for pitta. For kapha, if you're more kapha-natured, you're, you're more slow and steady and cool. And imbalances of kapha can be depression, going too slow, um, not enough initiative. Um, physically, it can be also things like tumors or, or congestion and colds a lot. So the 
general idea for kapha would be speed up, exercise more, increase your heat, um, have more hot, spicy foods, avoid ice cream and cheese and the cooling, uh, fatty foods that slow you down. So those are general for each dosha. But mm-hmm. I, I'd really like to focus on, and stop me if, if you need to break, but I'd like to focus on what we all can do in our, in our daily life to support our spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And go yeah, ahead. One of, one of the things um, to understand that has been helpful to me in um, working with Ayurvedic principles is actually something I learned from you years ago, which is to understand um, our our life um, as always in in motion. You know, so we're not looking at balance as a static state. So, you know, when I first approached learning about Arveda, I thought, okay, it's probably, you know, the, the pitta lead, which is this fiery lead, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to master this and get everything in balance, and then that'll be it. But, you know, it's not like that. You know, as you mentioned in the opener, there's not only, you know, Arveda and yoga are about oneness. So it's not only being aware of our own constitution, but it's being aware of the season, <laughs> you know, the weather, as you mentioned, which has its own influence, um, being aware of how our, our bodies and our minds change through time, um, you know, and so, you know, as you mentioned in our first segment, awareness is really a key. And so, you know, we begin with awareness of our, of our basic nature, which, you know, our Vedic, you know, helps you do, you know, there's some, um, way Ways in which you, you you look at you know what was your nature as a child you know what what are your your qualities today and Ayurveda can help you discern that. There's some resources on uh, Cynthia's uh, website, and also I want to recommend uh, by Roy Eugene Davis a book called An Easy Guide to Ayurveda: The Natural Way to Wholeness, and um, that's available from uh, CSA Press. So just to understand your basic nature, understand that this is on it's a science of living (laughs) and so it's it's all the time paying attention and um bringing yourself back in balance it's never going to be a static thing that you'll accomplish it's about living so uh, cynthia tell us about when we approach this as living um what is in a general way can people do um to support their spiritual life um with these principles of ayurveda So, as Reverend O'Brien said, it's staying healthy and staying balanced is a moment-by-moment thing. And awareness is really the healer. If we're not aware that we're out of balance, we'll continue to do what we're doing. And that out of balance, as I mentioned earlier, is what is like a a screen between us and, and spirit, which is within us at all times. But can we experience it or are there things blocking it? And imbalances as seen in Ayurveda in Vata, Pitta and Kapha are things that, that block that. Um, so awareness and awareness of when we are balanced as well as when we're not balanced. Um, for example, each of us has our own rhythm of, and our way that we digest food. So, ideally, we're hungry. We have that, oh boy, I could eat a horse, hunger. If we don't have that kind of strong hunger, our digestive system is not working properly. If it's not working properly, it's not giving us energy to the cells, energy to our mind, energy to help us in our spiritual practices. So, finding that hunger and When that comes up and eating at that time, not 15 minutes later, not 15 minutes before, is a practice that supports the temple of the body so that we can move past the body and experience that peace of spirit. 
Mm-hmm. And as as you as you you know pointed to awareness as being key, um, you know I, I'm thinking about the the of course the Zen teaching, which is true in in yoga, all enlightenment teachings is basically you know eat when you're hungry, uh, rest or sleep when you're tired. <laughs> right. And Ayurveda has a little twist on that, which is I, I think in real estate, I remember people a real estate agent saying when you have your house up for sale. Put the, put the price that you think people will buy it at. Don't put it higher. And what the mistake many people do is they put the, their house higher. Then it doesn't sell, so they put it lower. Then it still doesn't sell, so they put it lower. Eventually, they get to the price um, where people will buy it. And I think often people think this eating when you're hungry is like chasing hunger. So we're just waiting for hunger, waiting for hunger, waiting for hunger, then hunger comes, oh, there's no food. And, oh, I have to cook or I have to go to the restaurant. And then by the time we finally eat, we're past hunger. The digestive fire has gone out. And so I believe that what we need to do is find that natural rhythm and Mm -hmm. create it in our lives so that we're ready to eat when we're hungry. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're not chasing hunger. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people chase hunger by, oh, I'm hungry. I better have a candy bar. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm hungry. I'll just have an apple, and that will, mm-hmm. will help me till the next meal. Mm-hmm. But Ayurveda is really about having those full, healthy meals at those um, two, three, four, five times a day when we're actually hungry, you know, basing mm-hmm. on our, based on our nature and our appetite. And really having a routine um, is, is, is the bottom line. I think, you know, understanding your own nature, what you need in your lifestyle, and then having a regular routine that's suitable to your nature, which, you know, includes your daily meditation practice, your, the form of exercise that is appropriate, um, for, uh, your um, constitution and then you know regular regular meals and um, I, I find that that is the greatest challenge you know for me it, it, with you know a schedule that that differs and I think a lot of people must have that as well you know whether you travel or you know something comes up that you know interferes um, but to be able to have to, to know what a good schedule is for you a good routine a daily routine that that you commit to because you know it supports your well-being and then you know of course it's going to get interrupted from time to time but then it you know balance is about coming back to it right seeing an ayurvedic practitioner can really help you and i agree totally with what you just said that the way that we approach it is you start with a structure that seems like it's going to work for you then you you do that for three or four days with complete awareness and you find out, is this working for me? Am I actually hungry every three hours or is it, am I not? I'm actually hungry every four hours. And then you find what is your particular balance. But you, you have to start with a structure. You can't, because otherwise we're basically going on impulse and it's, it can be based on if we're not eating properly we're, our hunger is not going to come up at regular intervals. Mm-hmm. So in a way, we have to, just like when you have a pet and you feed it at regular intervals, it comes to you at that time, it is obviously hungry. We've kind of, we have to kind of train our digestion and to be regular if it's mm-hmm. not regular already. Mm-hmm. And regularity is the key to balancing vata. And vata is what dominates our nervous system our nervous system is essential for our ability to experience spirit. It is, and and it's all, of course, what's at work, you know, all the time when we're when we're thinking and, and communicating and interacting, and so it's really a, a critical element um, in in everyone's nature, you know, to to um, care for that that element of vata and and the the nervous system, and you know, I think. Having a routine, if we understand that it is really our the basis of our balance, I think that's a good way to say it. You know, the basis of our 
own um, kind of touchstone, you know, for our well-being that will enable us not only to continue to unfold spiritually, um, but to experience the kind of well-being that allows us to, you know, fulfill our destiny and do what we're here to do. Uh, I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Cynthia Ambika Koppel. Her uh, website is lotusarveda.com. And I want to let you know that you can attend a workshop with Cynthia at the upcoming International Kriya Yoga Congress in San Jose, California, which will be March 7th through 9th. For information about that um, international congress, go to csecenter.org. You'll see a banner on the website there. Click on that. You can uh, find a brochure about all the programs that will be happening at this conference. In our last segment, we're going to look at a bigger picture of Ayurveda, how it relates to um, planetary spiritual awakening. We'll be right back with you. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, and my guest today is Cynthia Ambika Koppel, Director of Lotus Holistic Health Institute. Her website is lotusarveda.com. So we, we've been talking about um, some general ways that we can um, find balance in our lives um, to support the unfoldment of uh, spiritual uh, awareness, to be in touch with what we really are. And we began the program today, um, Cynthia, with you sharing with us that, that our Veda is the science of life and not just, you know, quote unquote, individual life, which, you know, yoga teaches us is a myth. <laughs> anyway, the idea that, you know, that there is just some individual separate from all the rest is the core, um, mistaken, uh, understanding you know that the yoga is about helping us get over so um we you but you began 
telling us that Ayurveda is the same in the sense that it's about wholeness, understanding oneness, how one thing influences another. So what is the connection then between Ayurveda and caring for our planet, you know, which is such an important topic on people's minds today? Well, Ayurveda is about balance. Actually, Ayurveda is just an explanation of how it is that things work. And things work optimally when they're in balance. So if we heal ourselves, which is kind of what we're talking about, um, then it's easier to heal the planet. Uh, how can we heal the planet if we don't see it clearly, if we don't see ourselves clearly, if we don't see the relationship clearly? Actually, we are the planet. And everything that we do or think uh, affects the planet. Uh, so... <clears throat> bringing balance internally will will in its on its own bring balance externally just as if you're around somebody who's very out of balance you begin to go out of balance yourself if you're around somebody who's very anxious or very angry or moving in a very unbalanced way, you start to feel it. Likewise, when you're around somebody who is meditating, who is still, who is at peace, you begin to feel that within yourself. So Ayurveda would say, as I believe yoga would as well, you know, let us be balanced, let us be whole, let us be healed, and then the rest will follow. One symptom of imbalance is um, making assumptions and even projecting to the future uh, or not at all seeing the future, (laughs) seeing clearly or seeing, seeing, projecting or not. So how do we see clearly what's needed? We can't see clearly what's needed until we're balanced. So um, that's where it starts with us. And I believe you may have even said this before, that, that the healing starts or the, our spiritual growth, you know, we, we touch spirit when we recognize if we're a wave, we're, the individual is like a wave, and it realizes that it's part of the ocean. That it is the ocean. Mm-hmm. We are like the waves. We have to realize we are the ocean. Mm-hmm. So we can't really heal out there until we heal in here. And, and coming to see um, wholeness and how um, there is this influence, you know, that moves in both directions. <laughs> you know, you gave the example of, you know, when we're around someone who is, um, you know, aggressive or angry, you know, we feel that it influences us. And, or when we're around somebody who is peaceful, we feel that. And so, you know, we also bring that, you know, wherever we go. <laughs> so whatever, um, state of mind and being that, um, we have within us that is predominant that is what we're sharing with the world and um and then i think the understanding that arveda gives us that these elements that um are within us as you talked about about the pitta kapha we we find those in nature of course and uh so we can also understand you know nature as a great healer for us and come into appreciation of how um, we can incorporate um, ways of being in nature that help us uh, uh, balance and also help us recognize this wholeness, this oneness, this sacred nature of life. Um, you know, I'm speaking to you from California this morning and, and it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, still winter, but it, it, you can feel spring, you know, uh, on the, on the horizon here. And so, you know, to be able to go into nature to, um, 
experience those elements that are present is is one of the things we can do appreciate right correct so, so yeah so and then i had something to say here yeah as more people find their balance through ayurveda more people will find their spiritual center and the world will become more balanced and i just wanted to leave with one um, something that uh, my spiritual teacher, Baba Haridas, said, which I think speaks to one of the core um, problems we have in today's world. He said, accept everything that comes as a gift from God. Does that mean to accept the good things? Gives gift from God. Accept the bad things? Gift from God. Accept the earthquakes? Gift from God. The idea is that removes stress. That removes all these layers of interpretation and projection and emotion so that we can be present with what is and find our balance there. Mm. So, yeah, so just to quiet the mind from um, get out of the argument with the way things are, <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, exactly. And I know sometimes people have trouble with that. They say, well, you know, how can I accept this thing that I know is not right? So I think it's helpful to understand that what we're talking about is not a judgment. You're not accepting it and saying, this is good. Um, you know, I'm glad this is here <laughs> if it's something that all. you don't, don't approve of. You're just saying, this is the way that it is. And I have the tools. Um, I have the inner resources. I have the divine support to do whatever I need to do to bring balance in this situation. And that's what yoga and Ayurveda teaches us. So acceptance is not a judgment of saying this is, this is all, it's not a, a blanket, you know, this is all good. It's just saying this is the way that it is. And I am part of finding balance is simply seeing the way that things are and not arguing with them, um, but learning then how to find balance in the midst of the way that life moves and changes all the time, because it will. (laughs) Exactly. And taking that stress out of the experience, if we see something is wrong, then we have the power and the focus and the clarity to do something about it. If we're angry and upset about it, that really hinders our ability to right the wrongs or do something. So it's bringing us to the present moment where we have the most um, access to our capacity to um, move and make changes. Uh, it's a beautiful intervention to to leave us with, uh, Cynthia. Thank you so much for that. Um, it, it makes me think of the of the of the uh, writings in the Tao. You know how powerful it is when we um, don't argue with the river, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we we understand its flow. Uh, we understand uh, how to put our boat in it, how to cross it, and, and so on and so forth. So these uh, tools that we find from yoga and Ayurveda help us understand the nature of life, um, how to find balance in the ever-changing dynamics of nature, nature in the environment, and nature within us. We're looking forward to being with you at the upcoming International Kriya Yoga Congress in San Jose, uh, March 7th through 9th. For more information, you can go to csecenter.org and click on the Congress banner there. You have an opportunity to have a class with Cynthia. Cynthia, thanks so much for joining us today. It was really great to be back with you again. You're welcome. Thank you. Do I have time to talk, to, to say anything about Mount Madonna Institute College of Ayurveda? Or they can just go to my website. Yeah, that's good. Yes, please. You'll find out more information about the um, the work of the College of Ayurveda there at lotusayurveda.com. And I also want to point you to two previous Yoga Hour programs uh, with Cynthia Koppel. Uh, one in November, uh, November 14th, 2000. 
um, 10, Actualize Your Full Potential, The Place Where Yoga and Ayurveda Meet, and then a wonderful program on Ojas, this uh, divine energy, the key to radiance and vitality, which was a program on the 14th of July, 2011. Next week, I'll be back with you, a program, The Path of Light, The Universal Nature and Appeal of Kriya Yoga for Seekers of Spiritual Truth Today, with special guests, Harold and Marlies Reisky from the Kriya Yoga Center in Passau, Germany. Um, to sign up for the Congress, remember, go to csecenter.org. Remember to like the Yoga Hour on Facebook. Get the word out. I look forward to being with you next program. Until then, remember to keep your inner light shining into the world and share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Bye, Cynthia. Thanks again. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Stop feeding your problems by calling them problems. Whether you have issues with weight, finances, relationships, or any other area of your life, your perception that you have a problem is the most significant roadblock to transforming your life. Join renowned author and transformational coach Freeman Michaels live every Monday at 4 p.m. Central for his remarkable new show, It's Not a Problem, It's a Pattern. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 